Hello and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Stryker. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Aaron. I am also the host today. Aaron is also <laughs> a actor. Yeah. 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 I don't even want to rebuttal this shit anymore. It's just, <laughs> it just is what it is. Yeah. Aaron is an actor. Um, uh, If you don't know, because you don't listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. recently Aaron was on a massive television show that was shooting in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, called The Last of Us. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I uh um He was there's... Bella Ramsey's stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh they nicknamed me Bella Jamsey. Uh, Bella Jamsey. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm I'm jelly. <laughs> or or Belly Belly Ramsey. Belly Ramsey. Belly nice. Ramsey. Belly Ramsey. <laughs> like the rapper Belly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's the one that's saying yeah. I don't know what Belly's saying, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought yeah. that was Usher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's Usher. Wait, oh wait, no. Uh Nelly saying uh, uh I'm saying Belly. I know, but I'm saying I'm saying Belly as yeah. well. Belly yeah. Nelly Belly. Nice. Nelly Belly. Nelly Jelly Belly. The Good old Jelly Nelly Belly. <laughs> the jelly Jelly Belly. Good old Jelly Belly. This episode is sponsored by Jelly Bellies. Jelly Bellies. Where yeah. you can put your jellies in your bellies. Yeah. Have some yum yums. <laughs> if you want disgusting flavors. Yeah. Jelly belly. Jelly bellies. Jelly bellies. You can taste foot. <laughs> foot by Jelly Belly. Foot by Jelly Belly. Toe jam by Toe Jelly Belly. <laughs> <laughs> I realized recently that Pearl Jam uh meant uh like clam juice oh interesting i didn't know that i don't actually think that's true i just yeah it sounds right it does like because pearl jam like like uh, vagina jam i oh i understood yeah like like fluid but crunchy nice um Anyways, I feel like I, <laughs> since I'm in the driver's seat today, I'm going to drive. Um, every week on Misfits on Vinyl, we review albums. So I'm not going to get into it right away. But yeah. we've been looking for albums that you guys want us to review. Yeah. Um, so send your uh, your recommendations to us at our email or DM us on Instagram, uh, on the old Tiki Talkie. Uh, whatever you prefer. Slide into my DMs. Yeah, slide into Spencer's DMs. Slide into my DMs. Actually. I might not read it for a while. Yeah, I get. I he's I, so famous. And I so went popular. through a lot of my hiddens recently. Nice. and I missed out on some career opportunities. <laughs> really? I found out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one guy uh, messaged me and was like, "Listen, uh, I know how to uh, like help you out with crypto mm. if you click this link." Fuck. Dude. And I was so close to having so much money. You know how many Sheen fucking gift cards I've missed out on, dude. I get tagged in a Sheen fucking gift card. And I don't even know what yeah. Sheen is, except for Charlie and it, Martin. Yeah, no, it's like some Chinese website. But to get the gift card, you have to give your social insurance number. But I don't just don't remember mine, so that's the yeah, problem. I, I always just put seven random numbers. Nice. That's usually how it works that's out. That's not man. even the right number for a social security number. I put 15 numbers down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did that at a hotel last summer. Nice. I, I have a story about it on stage. There's a whole thing around it, but I was I was basically I was so fucked up I couldn't remember my credit card number <laughs> or my phone number, so I put down like seven random numbers in both things and nobody questioned me and mm. i was there for a week so nice. i th- those people did their job <laughs> they did it well um okay before we get into talking about anything yes 
We got a special beer to crack. Oh, we sure do. It's Cause. back, baby. We we are back. I'm back on the sauce now that I'm on tour. I've got my material refined. I'm on tour. I'm having fun. So uh, this is from our official, non-official sponsor of the podcast, Cabin Brewing. And it's a brew that was designed by, by our very own the Sam rest, Sam. The recipe by Sam Sam. Betcha. This one is my recipe. This is my first official recipe with Cabin. I've helped develop some other stuff a little bit. But this was crafted by yours truly. Now, I have a question, Sam, about this beer. What? Uh, because it it the the packaging looks a lot like the super saturation. Yeah. And the super duper saturation, and this is called the supersonic. So it's in the family. It's in the family. It's in the family. It's a hazy. Is IPA. it an extended cousin or like a stepbrother? We're we're looking at like stepbrother territory okay. here. Okay. But like stepbrother that you've known since you were six. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you grew up with it, not like my stepbrother who I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to Let's that. Let's try Boys. it. Oh, wow. That is very tasty. Tastes like shit, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I put my actual shit in the beer. Yeah, that's quite good. the recipe. It's quite good. I like it. It's, it's brewed mm-hmm. poo. Brew. Prue. Prue. I can't. No, that's Peru. good. Good <laughs> job, Sam. Good job, Sam. Proud yeah, of you. Congratu- you congratulations. And, um, and that also means that we have our, our record cups. Oh, yeah. Which I, I feel like because it's been a while, we've had eight episodes since we've had the record cups, mm. which is impressive. Oh, that's satisfying. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers and, to that, boys. And we didn't break the handle this time. So. Well, from the last time we drank, we've had a couple things happen. You had a couple of very successful weekends out on tour. Yes. Uh, okay, so the first first weekend of the tour was in Invermere. We had a small but mighty crowd. It was mm-hmm. very fun. One of my openers, Gabby Rose, uh, turned a lady lesbian. Nice. Uh, and by that, I mean this lady is definitely a lesbian, did not realize it. And then when I was on stage, Gabby's smoking a joint, and this lady comes up, and she's like, you know, I think after my husband dies, I'm just going to date women because, you know, the thought of dating a man really disgusts me. And uh, <laughs> Gabby's like, I think that means that you're a lesbian. And she's like, oh, no, no. I just I just don't want to date any men. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those. <laughs> but uh, slay. But slay. Uh, but it was it was great. Uh, we had a uh, yeah really fun show there. Um, and then this last weekend, I was in Medicine Hat and Swift Current and... Uh, Swift Current, we were four tickets away from selling nice. out, and in Medicine Hat, when I got to the venue, I got the ticket notification that we were officially sold out. So, That's awesome. Uh, they were both really fun shows. Uh, in Swift Current, I had to deal with some old, drunk Saskatchewan guys that nice. had like the big beards, missing teeth, long hair, that sort of look. Mm. Uh, and it was like, whenever I wasn't talking, they'd start talking to me. Uh, so that was kind of annoying, but I, I had a lot of fun. That must have been pretty cool, though, to have the top best-looking guys in Saskatchewan all at your show. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I even referred <laughs> the to the— top over 50 at your show, I, bro. I referred to the one guy because he was like, ah, ah, like, that's how he talked. Yeah. Like, he was just so drunk. And uh, I referred to him as the ghost of Saskatchewan future, <laughs> and the crowd fucking loved that. Uh, oh, and my mom was at both shows, too, which was That's really cool. funny, because uh, I, I have a big act-out sex part in my act right now. And, uh, yeah, my mom was sitting in the front row in the Swift Current, and I was like, fuck, it's really weird doing this in front of my mom. <laughs> That's my boy! Yeah, she's like, That's my little boy with his little little boy penis! Yeah, that's nice. not what my mom sounds like. She also said that because uh, we stayed out there, uh, Amol Suri was opening for me, and we took his uh, Corvette out, 
we stayed at my parents' place, uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, small farming mm-hmm. community, middle of nowhere. They have like six acres. And uh, uh, <laughs> we're out there. And uh, like a mole is so funny because he's like, man, your parents are great. But I see exactly where how you are, why you are <laughs> like you are. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, Medicine Hat was also fun. Uh, dug myself out of a bit of a hole. But uh, I actually had at both shows in, in Swift Current, I had somebody say that they listened to the pod. That's cool. So that was cool. And uh, in Medicine Hat as well. But in Medicine Hat, I gained us listeners. So. Uh, that was a fun... Welcome, Medicine Hat. Welcome, Medicine Hat. Thank you for coming out and selling out uh, the first show that I've had that's been sold out where I was headlining. So that was really a fucking... That's rad. ...pat on the back moment. So this weekend, I'm going to be in Kelowna. Kelowna, get your tickets. And the weekend after that, I'm in Victoria. Fuck yeah. And that's uh, that's the sad cry haha tour. We're in full swing. We're in full fucking swing. I'm sure there's going to be more dates. I, mm-hmm. I know that there is, but I'm just like, as of right now... Nice. That's it. Well, I'm happy for you, man. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll cheers you again. Yeah. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. I don't want to reach for my beer. Metaphysical. Um, anyways, uh, let's Meta. get into it, I That's guess. owned by Facebook. <laughs> nice. Mark Zuckerberg. I think you got that backwards. Meta owns Facebook. No. Instagram owns Facebook. <laughs> Social network. Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Kristen Stewart. The Twilight. Robert Pattinson. Batman! Ooh. Uh, the Riddler. Killer. Killers of the Flower Moon. The Killers. The Killers. The Killers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right. Uh, every week, yes. we review an album. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's one of our favorites. Sometimes it's a very popular one. Sometimes it's a crossover, and this is one of those. Yeah, I think there's also an extra, extra category here. Albums that we listened to when we were in our youth. Yes. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those. Yep. I listened to this when I was mountain biking. Nice. Imagine a uh, imagine an eight-year-old Spencer uh, flying off 20-foot <laughs> drops on a mountain bike. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Trying to get sponsored because why not? <laughs> Just chugging monster energies. Oh, no. Yeah. I was a Red Bull boy. Oh, uh, Red Bull boy. I'm Red still Bull. a Red Bull boy. I love Red Bull. Give um, me that Red Bull, Daddy. Well, this week we're doing The Killers, Hot Fuzz. Mm. Yeah, this is a great Not to album. be confused with Hot Fuzz, no. the Simon Pegg movie. No, not to be confused. And Nick Frost. F-U-S-S. F-U-S-S. Yeah. The second in the Cornetto trilogy. Ooh, there's a trilogy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. Is oh, a right. I they forgot about the that. The same meta jokes happening. Ooh. Now, uh, At the World's End is my favorite of those. I like Hot Fuzz. I like Hot Fuzz, Love too. Them all. Yeah. They're all perfect. Edgar Wright's a great director. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan The Raven. Ooh, Nevermore. <laughs> the Alchemist. The Cask of El Montealdo. Ooh. Ooh. That one's the creepiest one. Yeah. The guy just seals the guy into a cask slowly. The guy can't do anything. Mm. And then as he's walking away, he, can, he can't he can hear the screams anymore. Oh, nice. And it's only a short story, and it <laughs> fucking rocks. That one needs to be a movie. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's get into it. Yes. You're leading the episode. Yes, I am. Uh, Hot Fuzz. Uh, is the debut album of American rock band The Killers, Ooh. released on June seventh, two thousand four, in the United Kingdom, and June fifteenth, two thousand four, in the U.S. by Island Records. Why was it released in the U.K. first? So they actually had two. They were kind of signed to two record labels, okay. but they were 
they're kind of like similar to the strokes where they gained a lot of popularity in the UK first. Mm. Um, so that's kind of, they have a very similar origin story to them that way. Cause they're originally from Utah, right? Uh, no, they're originally from Vegas. Vegas. Brandon Flowers is from Utah. Oh, okay. He's arguably one of the most famous Mormons, Ooh. I would say, um, out there. He is from Utah, yeah, but I'd, I'd like that's what it said underneath his I think Wikipedia. Joseph Smith might have yeah. yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Smith is dum da da dum dum <laughs> I love the Book of Mormon. It's oh, an awesome dude. musical. It's so good. Okay, so, Continue. Yes, the album consists of a blend of alternative rock, post-punk, revival, new wave, and synth-pop. Hot Fuss uh, spawned four commercially and critically successful singles. Nice. Mr. Brightside, somebody nice. told me, all these things that I've done and smile like you mean it. All these things that I've done is my favorite killer song. Nice. Bones is my favorite killer song. Ooh. Yeah, off of Sam's Town. Yeah. yeah. I, I also like Bones. There's uh, a dog hitting my nice. door. <laughs> my neighbors have a, uh, 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 a bird dog. Nice. Bird dog, what's yeah. that? Like he points birds. Oh, a that's pointer. why there's a pigeon on my back deck. Nice. It's just in a fucking crate that gets pissed on with rain. <laughs> I feel so bad for this fucking pigeon, dude. I put like mats over top of it. I sometimes. didn't even know there's a pigeon out there. I want to yeah, dude. I'll now. show you after the yeah, pod. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, the album was recorded at various points throughout 2003 with uh, Jeff Staltzman in Berkeley, California. With the exception of Everything Will Be Alright, which was recorded uh, by Co- Coraline Bird in guitarist Dave Kerning's apartment. Uh, that would have been like a year before they recorded the album. Oh, wow. Um, and most of these albums on this track are actually demos. Uh, most which of the these ba- albums on this track? Sorry, on most of the tracks <laughs> on this album. See, now now I understand what it's like to be you. Uh, many of the tracks were originally recorded as demos, okay. which the band decided to keep them uh, for their spontaneity. Um, the album was mixed by Mark Needham at Cornerstone Studios in Los Angeles and Alan Mulder at Eden Studios in London. What did Alan Mulder do before? He was on X-Files. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. And uh, with Scully? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My friend's dog was named Scully. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. My That's such funny because Sarah's parents had a dog and a cat uh, uh, named Scully and Mulder. Oh, so, that's hilarious. Yeah. There you go. I, I tried to watch the X-Files when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. It's not nearly as magical as it would have been in the 90s. Yeah, me and Sarah watched a bit of the first season recently. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was fine up until the, the cocoon one. Where yeah. the fucking uh, they get eaten by the caterpillars mm. and then somehow they're not dead. Yeah, that episode's wild. Though. That one's very wild. What, what I can't get over the fact is that David Duchovny's got a sex addiction. <laughs> like every time I look at him, I'm like, have you ever seen uh, Californication? Yeah, yeah, he's like basically him in real life. That's uh, that's his real thing. I never knew he had a sex addiction. And I was googling him while we were watching X Files, and I was like, oh. You want to hear something really wild about David Duchovny? Yeah. One time he was on, uh, 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 what's it called? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, like mm-hmm. the celebrity one, to win money for charity. And he got to like $250,000, and they were like, do you want to keep going? And he's like, why not? It's not my money. And then he lost the next <laughs> question. So that's nice. pretty funny. That is funny. Norm MacDonald, on the other hand, almost Did- got a million dollars. And Regis Philman fucking talked him out of it. That's funny. What a prick. Yeah, what a prick. Glad he's dead. Mm. Not Norm. No, Regis. Regis. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Norm, that <laughs> made Rest me in sad. Peace, Norm. It made me sad. In uh, 2012, yes. uh, Brandon Flowers told NME that he felt depressed after hearing the Strokes album, Is This It?, which we've, we've, which we've talked about. Yep. The record just sounded perfect, he said. We threw away everything we were working on, and the only song that made the cut... And remained was Mr. Brightside. That makes sense because it doesn't quite sound like everything else mm-hmm. that was on the album. 
Mm -hmm. So the songs Midnight Show and Jenny Was a Friend of Mine are two uh, two parts of the the so-called murder trilogy, detailing the fictional story of a woman who was murdered by her jealous boyfriend. Wow. The first part, Leave the Bourbon on the Shelf, appears on the band's B-side in Rarities compilation called Sawdust. Later on, that was released much later on, I think like 2014-ish. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was after I was out of high school. Yeah. I, I do remember when that came out. I back. haven't really listened to The Killers since uh, like their 2008 album. Mm-hmm. Anything after that. Uh, Battleborn remember... and any of their stuff. They released three albums in the past like three years, which I had no idea that they did. They had, uh, uh, I, I think it was like around 2012. Yeah, that's Battleborn. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that, uh, that's the last one I listened to. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of their stuff past day and age, really, um, with Human. I just remember it was a wild year in 2012 because we got we got three Green Day albums and a Killers album. <laughs> nice. And that was a fucking great time to be in high school, let me tell you. Yeah, you're not wrong. Great time to be on the football mm-hmm. team, boys. <laughs> fucking, wow. Nice. Got some great pump-up music there. Yeah, good old Green Day. Good old Green Day. Yeah, hot take. I'm not really that into Green Day. Really? Mm. Uh, I will say this. I think uh, American Idiot is in my top 50 albums nice yeah me too that album was very influential on me most of their other work can kind of go yeah. away. everything else kind of sucks but that album i remember when it came out because i was in grade four it was like around the same time this album came out mm-hmm. and both of them were like mind-blowing albums for me because like with american idiot green day kind of like rebirthed punk in a way yeah like they took what basically what the sex pistols did with anarchy in the usa uh, and made it better. And they, I mean, like, who had done a fucking punk concept album at that point? So, fucking amazing. Nice. Let's continue. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. I feel like you know. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, the album heavily features a vocal effect called Echo Farm on Flower's voice. Um, and the album cover was photographed by Matthias Klammer in 2000. It's in the southern region of the suburbs in Beijing, China. Um, and they said they had a little bit about what it actually says in the the, the Chinese writing. It was like construction material sold here, something, <laughs> <laughs> something stupid like that. Yeah, actually, kind of. I wish I remembered exactly what it said, but it was dumb. Uh, all the members of the bands uh, had contributed to the writing. Uh, um, lead singer, but lead singer Brandon Flowers has writing credits on every single track. Ooh. Where Kerning and the and the uh, the drummer kind of and the bassist are on a handful of tracks here and there, but Flowers basically is all over the entire album. And they're a four piece band, right? Yes, four piece yep. band. Um, so we'll go about the artist. Yes. They have a bit of an interesting story. I actually knew this before I wrote this, but uh, in 2001, uh, Brandon Flowers was fired from his band. It's a Utah synth pop trio. Known as Blush Response. Wow, this is um, the first time hearing of them. They yeah. really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After attending an Oasis concert at the Hard Rock Hotel during their tour of Brotherly Love, which really, yeah, that aged well. Maybe um, they should have been the one to save them. Yeah, just yeah, saying. Yeah. Flowers realized his calling was to be in a rock band, and he began searching for like-minded musicians. He eventually came across an ad posted in a Las Vegas newspaper by Dave Kuning. Uh, a 25-year-old guitarist who had moved to Vegas from Iowa. Is it Iowa. Kuning or Cunning? K-E-U-N-I-N-G. Uh, okay. So Kuning, I think? Kuning. Yeah. We'll say Kuning. We'll go with Kuning. that. Kuning. Uh, Maybe it's very Swedish. Yeah, Kuning. 
David Koenig. David Koenig. <laughs> Anyways, he put an ad up in the newspaper. When they met, they bonded over similar uh, music influences and immediately began writing songs together in Koenig's apartment. Wow, so this is like our backstory. A mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they were really into like New Order and a nice. lot of 80 synth pop bands. Um, that sort of thing was Controversial kind of- opinion. My favorite New Order song is uh, Age of Consent. No, it's a good song. It's I a really fucking like that song. great song. Yeah. So they kind of bonded over the same sort of love of 80s music, synth pop, um, even some punk stuff they were really into. They nice. have a lot of crossovers. Um, so, you can tell that there's a little bit of influence uh, from The Clash. Yeah. With them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, the the, the gen- genre bendingness mm-hmm. of them. Very yeah. similar. Yeah, they do a really good job of, like, they wear their influences on their sleeve, but they melt mold them so well together that yeah. it, it sounds like a different sound. It feels um, very organic. That's always what's been unique about the killers is that they mold three or four different sounds across one album. And they've done different stuff too. Like, I mean, they did a lot, they did a lot of synth pop on uh, pop on day and age. And then like Sam's town is like a heartland rock fucking album. And then this is, you know, completely different. So they're, they're, they're good with their sound. They they're, do a lot of different stuff. They're, they're fucking nailing yeah. it. So the name, the band, the killers, uh, was the name of a fictional band in the music video for the New Order song, Crystal. Ooh. It was actually on the bass drum is where they saw it, and that's where they got the band idea. Really? And where they got the logo, which is interesting as well, um, Brandon Flowers is at like a record shop, uh, and he was he saw the Elvis CD for his 30-whatever greatest hits, whatever it was, and it had like a – I forget the name of it, but you know the logo. It's like a – uh, I forget the name, a marquee sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he saw that on the Elvis thing, and then they had Kuning's roommate – uh, roommate's girlfriend designed the logo for them make it like a marquee sign they've used it since it was like 2002 he found this out wow. before even the whole band was together uh he's yeah he came up with the logo for the for the band so that's pretty fucking cool mm-hmm. so in 2001 they headed to kill the messenger studios in henderson nevada they recorded two tracks first nice. was mr Brightside, nice and that was the first song that flowers and kuning wrote together wow yeah so that's an that interesting is crazy because i yeah. think that's probably their most well-known mm-hmm. song like not I'd say that, it's up there. Not yeah. that like their other singles weren't as well known, but I mean like in terms of how many fucking movies do you see well, specifically that song in movies and TV shows? Now and, it's a meme too. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like you know when when Mr. Brightside comes on and and there's white people around and it's like everybody's <laughs> fucking going mental. Yeah, it's like uh, like it always gets played at a club and played at a wedding. It's ridiculous. Oh, I have a great story of being at a festival up in Edmonton with comedy festival improv, and we uh, right. I'm glad you corrected yourself yeah, there because that is it's a different. It's very different. Thing. I know you'll call me out on that shit. Cause <laughs> I don't do actual comedy, um, but I we were Sam's at a bar. Not funny at all. <laughs> 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 Either way, uh, I there was a jukebox there, and I spent fifteen dollars and played Mr. Brightside on loop, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which was about I think it was like seventy five cents a play, something like that. Nice. Uh, and the owner or the bartender, whoever was working there, after like the fifth time, everybody was hyped too. Yeah. Literally on the fifth time, everybody was hyped. He came over and unplugged the jukebox. Nice. Oh my god, dude, that's <laughs> which, so which funny. Which you really did play it like double that time because the verse and the chorus are both the same. <laughs> so you really did play it like you, you, you oh. times that by two. Basically. I was I was killing him, but it was so funny because there's a video somewhere I might be able to find it. It'd be like, watch this as my buddy Abe and he, he, <laughs> it plays mm-hmm. and just he he's like, oh no, and then every white person in this improv, so everybody but Abe. Um, uh, just, woo! 
You know what the best part about that story is? That was the funniest thing to happen at the improv festival <laughs> yeah. that whole weekend. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> probably. Uh, so when they were recording this tracks, uh, these tracks, they also recorded a track called Desperate. Uh, Kuning's roommate, Del, Neil, hopped on bass, and he actually joined the band briefly uh, after this. Nice. So uh, Kuning and Flowers, they played their first live show together at an open mic at Cafe Espresso Roma Ooh. in Las Vegas in January 2002. They began playing... how many people were there? Oh, I wouldn't say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they played a bunch of uh, venues around Vegas, and they would hand out free copies of their demos. Um, by the summer of 2002, they fired their drummer at the time, who was Matt Norcross, and replaced him briefly with this guy named Brian Heaven, Havens, who also got fired. Um, and then ba- bassist Del Neal left uh, for personal reasons, but probably some of this turnover as well. So then they met Ronnie Venucci Jr. Uh, <laughs> he joined the Killers shortly before Neal's departure. Venucci was well-known on the Vegas scene. He played in a bunch of bands since he was a teenager. Uh, Ronnie's first show with the band is August 30th, 2002, at a club called The Junkyard. And then playing bass for them that night was one of their friends called Mark Stromer. Um, and this is actually the four-piece. Uh, so this Ooh. is... Yeah, so they kind of came together organically. Ronnie He's Venucci. got a great name for a bassist. Yeah. Stromer. Stromer, yeah. Because It might even be Stormer. S-T-O-E-R-M-E-R. S-T-O-E-R? S-T-O-E-R-M-E-R. So... Stormer? 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 <laughs> If he's, if he's, we're gonna call him Mark. If he's Swedish, we'll go. Streamer, streamer, flowers and Venucci. Streamer, streamer and Venucci join the band. And Venucci, Ronnie Venucci has got a Ronnie Venucci. He's got a fucking cool look. He's got the fucking handlebar mustache. He's he's a cool looking guy. Yeah, I've I remember when I first started listening to Killers. I was like, one day I want to have a handlebar mustache like Venucci Junior. Like Venucci. Anyways, is that a blonde mustache? No, he's got dark hair. He kind of looks like um Jason Earl. That's name, right? The guy, not Jason Earl, uh, the guy Jason from Jason Lee. Jason Lee, yeah. Oh, from my name is okay. Earl. Yeah, he yeah. looks very much so like. Did you know Jason that he Lee. used to be a professional skateboarder? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, and yeah. He, uh, his segment in the Blind video is still one of the like most iconic. Yeah, he was uh, nasty skate- at skating, dude. He was, yeah. yeah, wild. And also, he was at the time when it was like Rodney Mullen, Tony yeah. Hawk. It was like he was like one of the uh, like icons and legends of well, street skating he's also in the killers and is under an alter ego that's Ronnie, pretty cool ronnie venucci jr that's like um, how will ferrell's in uh red hot chili peppers yeah <laughs> so the band were keen on getting stormer mark to to join them on a permanent basis but he was initially reluctant to commit they had first approached him about being a second guitarist and thinking about being a five-piece band, uh, possibly like the Strokes, but with a keyboard is what they said. So they really got a thing for the Strokes. They really um, do. Yeah. but Speaking They're really of, stroking them off. Uh, did you guys listen to the new Daft Punk single? I did. Yeah, I did not. Infinity, Infinity Repeating with Julia Casablanca on it as well. Ooh. That's good. It's really from good. From the really Strokes. Good. Yeah. From the strokes. From, from the, the strokes. From the strokes. And the with stroke. the voids. Yes. So like that. So it was more the voids than the strokes. And the, the mm-hmm. voids. Well, I have avoided it so far, mm-hmm. but I'll check it out. <laughs> I recommend it. It's hilarious because it's labeled as a demo, but it's just a fully mixed and produced song. I like. will. I will. Go into the mm-hmm. void nice. and stroke <laughs> myself. Nice. Okay, continue. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he eventually joined them uh, after he mentioned he could play the bass. And they were like, oh, yeah, we need a bassist. So he joined them in November 2002. That's where we get the full lineup. 
Now, according to Ryan Party, who booked many of the band's early shows, the Killers became a great band when Ronnie and Mark joined. That's when they finally became a cohesive unit. Ronnie Millsap? Ronnie Venucci Jr. (laughs) What Ronnie did was he was disciplined, (laughs) and Mark was just a solid musician. Nice. Uh, the four members would get together in Venucci's garage to work on song ideas. They would also sneak into the band room at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where Venucci was studying classical percussion and practice at night. Wow. It was during this period the band wrote much of their debut album, Hot Fuss, including all the singles Somebody Told Me and Sm- Smile Like You Mean It and All These Things That I've Done. All These Things That I've Done, like I said, I think it might be my favorite song of theirs. Yeah, and so they're kind of, it's weird that there's a lot of parallels going on here with our strokes album uh when we first like they used to sneak into a, a band room as well yeah at columbia and they would practice there so there's a lot of weird parallels here um anyways they kept playing uh v- venues around vegas often sunday nights at a transgender bar Ooh. called sasha's which is later named tramps nice uh, so they were doing lots of different shows around town it wasn't long before they. How did Brandon it. Flowers feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. He probably had a bit of a weird duality. Was he thing. a little, little uncomfortable? Um, yeah, I'd say so. The whole uh, Jesus thing. So they ended up getting discovered uh, on a website, uh, which would was dedicated to unsigned Vegas bands. Um, and then they met this guy, Braden Merrick. He was an A and R rep for Warner Brothers. Yeah, I gotta say this. I feel uh, before I forget. I feel weird every time that Christians are like super against trans people because <laughs> Jesus literally transitioned. Yeah, true. <laughs> he transitioned from dead to alive. So I don't it's know true. why. Also, women come from like they transition from a man's rib. <laughs> yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, fucking come on. The whole religion is based on transitioning. <laughs> This guy took the band to San Francisco and recorded their demos with former Green Day manager Jeff Stralsman, who actually ended up doing this album for them. They ended up sending out all their tapes to major record labels in the U.S., um, and they were invited to perform at a bunch of showcases, uh, but they were ultimately not signed. Um, The band did, however, catch the eye of Alex Gilbert, who was an A&R rep from the United Kingdom. And what did he do? Lizard King Records in London. Wow. So he brought the demo back to the UK and they signed them right away uh, without even meeting them in person. So they signed them right away, listened to the demo after they got rejected from all these labels in the US. Um, So on August 19, 2003, the song Mr. Brightside premiered in the UK on DJ Zane Lowe's BBC Radio 1 show. BBC Radio 1. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Zane Lowe. This is BBC Radio (laughs) 1. The next up is the killers, Mr. Brightside. Yeah. So they recorded a couple tracks with this record label and they ended up getting major buzz and major buzz. Major buzz. Major buzz. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) U.S. labels began showing interest. They signed with Island uh, Records. Island. uh, Well, Island Def Jam. That was around the same time that CKY was signed to them. There you go. Which is, there you go. Which also Nick Drake was signed to Island. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people we've had that are signed to Island. Uh, yeah. Also, I didn't know they started in Jamaica. Really? Yeah. That makes sense with the name. Yep. So they were actually like it's a pretty big island, a reggaeton uh, record label. Uh, they they obviously had Bob Marley on their record label and nice. Yeah, but that's uh, that's something I didn't know about them. You know what's the connection with that is uh, uh, so in Jamaica. Uh, there was four guys who wanted to be Olympians, but they couldn't run fast enough. Oh, yeah. So they became a bobsled team. Mm. And then uh, John Candy played their coach in a movie. Nice. Set here in Calgary. Yeah. Most unbelievable part of that movie, though, 
at one point, John Candy's at the uh, Olympic Oval on, on at the University of Calgary, mm-hmm. and uh, he says to another coach, "Hey, meet me at the big restaurant with the that spins in fifteen minutes." And then when the next scene, he's already eating a steak. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that John Candy's fat ass would have gotten from the University of Calgary to downtown Calgary in that time, found parking, got up, ordered a steak, and be sitting there in 15 minutes. There's no fucking way. You know what? It's called movie magic, Spencer. I don't believe it. Disney Mm. fucked me on that, okay? (laughs) Anyway, so this record they released, which we'll be getting more into when we review it, Hot Fuzz, became a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it led to extensive touring. They got nominated for Grammys. Uh, Rock Album of the Year was nominated. Also, the track Somebody Told Me, All These Things I've Done, and Mr. Brightside were all nominated for Grammys. Nice. Propelled them right to international fame. Uh, so they became a big band. Uh, you know, they were big on the scene. So in 2006, they released their follow up album, Samstown. Hey! Samstown. Taking heavy inspiration what? from. Your town. Your town. Your town. Your town. Your town. Sam's town. Sam's town. town. Sam's town. (laughs) Sam's town. Your town. Uh, With with the tracks. Mackenzie town? (laughs) Yes. No lake. No, Sam's town. Sam's town. Sam's town. Sam's town. Sam's town. Yes. Town sound. Tam sound. Okay, I'm fucking having a hard time. Tam sound. (laughs) I'm having a hard time. Sam, no more mic. I'm dealing with Spencer. Yeah, I'm already a problem. Yeah, Yeah, Sam, Sam, can we return that mic to that parking lot in the north? (laughs) (laughs) On it, sir. (laughs) The two of you guys fucking fuck off. So they released Sam's Town with the they had the standout tracks: "Read My Mind," "Bones," "When You Were Young." Which was featured in Rock Band. Yeah, I Fucking I 100%ed slapped. that on the bass, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember the keys. Do you want me to show you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good Lord. <laughs> Are you ready? I actually, I didn't I'm know not. it was going to entail all this. Can I take back my answer of saying yes? Watch he rips. Yes. The album was a commercial and, r- success. Anyway, if you wanted to see Spencer play the guitar, check out the Patreon. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want to see Aaron do the podcast, uh, you do, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. The album was a commercial success. This is why I usually do this credits. other part. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is fucking hurting my brain. In 2008, they released their third album, Day and Age. It was a complete change from their sound. Flowers stated that Day and Age was like looking at Sam's Town from Mars. Uh, they embarked on a world tour in 2009. That's Where right. was Samstown located, though? Um, I'm going to say somewhere in Nevada or Utah. I have no fucking idea. So I guess it would depend on if the Earth was facing Mars at that point. Okay. <laughs> was Mercury and Gatorade? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I saw them in 2009. It was great. It was a great show. Uh, the song Human would not become a huge hit worldwide. That's but true. But the lyrics, Are We Human?, or Are We Dancer, created much confusion and debate due to its grammar and ambiguity. I can't say the word. Ambu... Ambu... Ambubigity? Ambuidity. Ambubigity. Yes. Ambubigity. It has since been voted by... Ambugigity. It has been since been voted as the most... <laughs> the, the most confusing song lyric of all time. Uh, so, Are We Human or Are We Dancer? Is this karma? Yes. Yes. Apparently, it was inspired. I don't know what this is karma for me. I don't know what the fuck I did. No, no, no. I was saying because of the Taylor Swift song where she's like, karma is my boyfriend. Nice. Karma is a cat sitting on my lap because she loves me. Nice. Karma is a brand new acrobat. Mm. Karma sounds just like that. Mm. 
for you, I have the question: Is are we humor? Or are, are we human? Or are you denser? Because you're fucking <laughs> no, pretty fucking dense. It's pronounced Spencer. Uh, are you Spencer? <laughs> Anyways, came a huge hit. They went on tour. I saw them. It was great. Following this tour, they took a hiatus, <laughs> took a year off, and had, and then they came back. Uh, headlining Lollapalooza in 2011. I'm so close to getting this done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in 2012, they released Battleborn. They toured even more extensively with 167 worldwide dates. Mm. Uh, that album, like I said, that's where I stopped listening to it. I think the big track is Run off of that. I think that's the name of it. Um, Might as well run. Run! Yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> Might as well run. Since then, they released a Greatest Hits album. Nice. And a Christmas album. So the Killers, this is cool. They released a Christmas song every single year, and then they compiled it on an album in like 2015 or 2016. Wow. I would recommend listening to Don't Shoot Me Santa Claus. Really? Yes. That's an interesting name for Santa a song. Santa Claus Takes Them Hostage. Really? Like, Don't shoot me Santa Claus. I've been a real, I've been a clean-hearted boy, I promise you. Does Santa kill them in the end? Yeah. I'll do everything you ask me to. <laughs> does, does Santa kill them in the end? Uh, I don't remember. I think he. I think he kills Santa actually. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty well, sure that that's what fucks happens. up everyone else's night. Yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> it was a silent night. <laughs> Since 2017, they've released three albums: Wonderful, Wonderful, Imploding the Mirage, and Pressure Machine. And they have an eighth album in the works as we speak. In that time, uh, Kuning has left the band. Uh, in around 2017, he's left the band, and then Stromer's been on and off with the band for a while. So Venucci Jr. and Flowers are the only ones really stuck with the band. Flowers released a couple sol- solo projects in between 2010 and now. Um, but the band is kind of, I would say they still have a lot of popularity, but not for their new music. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'd go see them. Yeah. But it would be to listen to them sing. Their old stuff. Their old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically Hot Fuss and Samstown. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, track list and notable singles. Yes. All these things that I've done, we My talked favorite. about. Mr. Brightside. Really good. Somebody Told Me, which is also a massive also track. a really good one. Uh, Smile Like You Mean It. Uh, Jenny Was a Friend of Mine. Nice. That's a good track. That's a great um, one. So yeah. Great way to start the album, too. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong way to start the album, in all honesty. So, yeah, those I mean, those three big tracks we've talked about, uh, Smile Like You Mean It is not really in that same category as the other ones, but those are still getting rock radio play. You still hear those songs all the time. So Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now let's get into the good old reception. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 66 out of 100. That's kind of fucked. All Music gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Nice. Pitchfork gave it a 5.2 out of 10. NME gave it a 7 out of 10. Like I said, it was nominated for four Grammy Awards, including Rock Album of the Year. It did not win any of those Grammy Awards, and it's often on list of like the top 500 albums you have to listen to. It said it, like it had like a dozen lists it's been listed on for you know best albums, top mm-hmm. albums, um, most influential albums, whatever it may be. Um, it did kind of you know it's worth talking about. It did kind of set, I wouldn't say it, it set a sound that also ended up following shortly after. There's a lot of bands that sound. I wouldn't say sound like the killers, but the same sort of thing, riding this wave of the strokes, this revival yeah. of indie rock, garage rock. Because that's um, the thing. If somebody is trying to sound like the killers, they're really trying to sound like either mm-hmm. you two or the strokes. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably a mix of both. <laughs> a mix of both. Yeah. Because that's like what I would describe the killers as. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not wrong. 
Um, I feel like that's kind of where they came in and they've rode. But one thing I think is different about them, like we mentioned, is that they they don't stick to the same sound. I can't really comment on their newer stuff. I haven't listened to it, but like Samstown's so much different than this album, um, you know, and then Day and Age is so much different than Samstown. So they, you know, they definitely raise the bar on their sound. They do stuff differently. They're willing to take risks and try stuff, which is a big old risk. Not everybody is willing to do. Um, so <laughs> I might risk it all tonight, actually. <laughs> um, just just call it a life. GG. Uh, <laughs> G fucking G's. GG, uh, boys. I feel it. Yeah. Uh, the, well. <laughs> do you feel it? I feel it. Nice. I, I think that you did a good job, though. Thanks. I don't want to do this again, actually. <laughs> you don't want to be the researcher? No. I don't mind doing the research. I hate fucking reading it. Oh, but I, you see, the thing is, if you do the research and I read it, then you just finish the sentence. Yeah, but it's great that way. Because <laughs> that's what I'm used to. <laughs> it would be really funny if I did all the reading one episode and it's just you staring at the camera. <laughs> Brilliant idea. Just a, night, just a fucking whole episode of us just staring. One of the most boring YouTube episodes mm. ever. <laughs> all right, so should we get into the review of this? Yeah, let's get into this bad boy. So every week on Misfits on Vinyl, we review the album. We review it on a couple different categories. Yep. Uh, technical element, musical element, lyrics, reception, album art, and does it hold up? Yes. Um, so let's start technically on the album. How do you feel, Spencer? Okay, I feel like uh, it's interesting now that you said that because uh, I did not know before that most of these tracks were demos. They did re-record them. Oh, they Just re-recorded so them. Yeah, they okay. did re-record them, but they were all written as demos, then re-recorded. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's, uh, except for Mr. Brightside? Uh, no, Mr. Brightside was re-recorded separately, just on that different record label. Oh, uh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, then, fucking, I don't know, Your 7 out of 10. No, I would say... Um, it, it can be a little muddy in the production. There's a few times where you really can't understand what he's saying because yeah. of, of how it's mixed. Yeah, and that the echo farm on his vocals. It's a little too much at times. Certain times, yeah. it does. I find that sometimes it does get a bit muddy where you can't actually um, differentiate the, the, the instruments. Yeah, and they um, kind of seem like a band that really likes to go, hey, this is our guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, they have that really <laughs> guitar forward heavy thing same as the strokes like it's guitar front heavy the whole time mm -hmm. especially on this album um which i don't disagree with i think that that can be good mm -hmm. uh i think that you know when the drummer becomes the focus of a band uh it's not necessarily the best thing sometimes no, or the bassist not. you know probably not i think that those are those are rhythm instruments yes yes i mean that's not what i'm saying either uh no no, no. I, I i i know what you mean but but yeah so they have a i mean it does get a little muddy at points um and the first half of the album is so much stronger than the second half of the album yeah. that's something that doesn't have to do with technical element but the second half of the album like the first four tracks are literally their the top singles so, yeah uh the second half of the album is not as good i mean it's still good music but it's not as memorable it is funny because like as i was listening to it and i was gardening today uh i was like wow it's funny because i did not realize when uh my spotify just started playing similar songs mm -hmm. because uh it kind of like the last half of the album just kind of blurs together. Yeah, my, my I'm finished when I was listening it on my way over today, and then it was like right into the Kooks and right into um, Modest Mouse and yep. like, yeah, like all sort of very similar around the same time frame, early 2000s. It, it went right into the Strokes, I believe, for nice, me, which nice. I was like, well, that's ironic. Ironic. Yeah, 
Uh, so I'm going to go, I think technically it's not that, I wouldn't say it's not, not strong, but it's not that great either. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. Six. So yeah. we're at a 6.5. Yeah. It's not as crisp as some of their other work too. So yeah. Musical element. Uh, I think there's some really memorable riffs in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like we said, the blending of synth pop and, uh, you know, this rock sound, this post-punk revival shit is really good. And it shines through on certain tracks. The keyboard on Mr. Brightside is really fucking mm-hmm. cool. And, like, th- it's weird. It's like, a you know, a bunch of songs on this album are, like, rock songs you can dance to. Yeah. And then the, the keys on all these things I've done at the start. Ding, ding. It's, like, cool, man. It is really they cool. Do, they do that a lot. They do that. On, like, they like Read My Mind is kind of like that, too. It's got a big buildup at the start. But I really like that little section at the start of all these things I've done where it's just him singing and there's the key, the piano. I, I do really like that. And I also like that like that is, I think, one of the only songs where I really did like the uh, echoey vocals. Yes. Yeah, I think it helps out quite a bit. And it, it kind of feels like a almost like a chorus. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Feels like a choral element. You know, you gotta help, help me out. out. Yeah. You know, you put me on the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know you gotta help me. I'm not a soldier. I got soul, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a soldier. So I think I think musically it's a very strong debut. I think they're doing some unique stuff for the time, stuff that still sounds unique. So I mean, like that, like Mr. Brightside is such a classic song. It Um, fucks everything from the lyrics right to the. um, You know what I found out too? Actually, it's kind of creepy. Andy, you're a star. That song. Um, Apparently, it's just written about this guy in high school that this popular guy in high school that Brandon flowers like was kind of obsessed over. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's wow. What, that's how I found out about that. Uh, that's terrifying. Yeah. He was the top, top dog Mormon in Utah. <laughs> he had two Bibles in his hands. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little interesting. He, he could knock it on two doors at once. <laughs> he had season tickets to the Utah jazz. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, musical element. I'm gonna go a bit higher. I'm gonna go seven and a half. He wrapped oven mittens on his hand before he went to bed. Nice. He was the king of the soakers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was a super soaker. Yeah, he was a super soaker. Uh, I'm gonna go seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I, I I'll meet you on that seven point five. So we're up to uh, seven point seven five right seven, now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I thought we were at a seven. Uh, six and a half, and then uh, two seven uh, and a half. Yeah, you're right, you're yeah right. so we're at seven point uh, uh, two five. So lyrics, I think they're okay. I think they're solid. Um, yeah, I think that they're like pretty mid ground, honestly. Some like, of the there's... stuff, I mean, like like we said, Mister Brightside is like the ultimate uh, jealousy song. Yeah. Um, also, that's apparently written out of some truth in his life. His first girlfriend cheated on him. So, ooh, yep, that yeah. sucks. So that's uh, you ever been cheated on? Yes, I have. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. It does suck. That's the least fun thing that can happen. Yeah, actually, this is it's a long enough time has passed. I've uh, you know I've moved on from it. But one of my first girlfriends also cheated on me. She went to Bible camp. Oh no, she got soaked. No, <laughs> she got finger blasted. I don't know what happened oh. actually, but she told me that she only had room for two men in her life, and it was her dad and Jesus. But there was also this other guy on the side. So, ah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a tough pill to swallow. That was a really eight. nice way for her to say anal. Yeah, a tough pill to swallow in grade eight. Yeah, the that other uh, guy was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's true. I had a sure. fun experience at uh, at uh, a confirmation camp out because I used to be Anglican. Uh, nice. I, I think I've said that before. We had to go to a camp out the one weekend, and uh, there was this girl who I didn't know wanted to fuck me, and then. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> she kept being like, hey, let's sneak away. This is a recurring theme of my life. Yeah. And I don't know women want to fuck me, and then they tell me later. Uh, but then she texted me a few days later, and she's like, you know, I really wish I could have blown you that weekend. And I was like, I wish I had known that that weekend. Damn Dang it. it. Damn it. Ah. Dang it. Fuck you, Jesus. Weird, because I also texted you the same thing. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I was going to say, so did so did the pastor. Isn't that fucking... <laughs> My pastor's name was Father Dick. Just okay, so you know. oh, nice, oh. nice, yeah. nice. I was about to say Father Stu, I, but I, got, I remember I got, that said Pope I got uh, removed from being a, a, a server, like a, a, an altar boy, because... Nice. Uh, uh, when I was sitting there Your with the other altar the altar boy, I kept making him laugh the whole time. Nice. And uh, it was during the service when the old ladies were up there talking about the Jesus verses. Mm. You know, they're talking the God words, and nice. I kept turning to this person and cracking jokes. And I could look at the priest, and he just was staring holes right through my fucking skull, <laughs> and I would just be like... He was he, w- he was actually eyeing you up and down. <laughs> That's what, what really happened. You know, I he might actually listen to this podcast. You think so? Yeah, he still follows me and supports me and everything. Sorry, sir. That's okay. Well, that's nice that he supports he's, you. He's actually a genuinely nice guy. Not a kid toucher, I will say. Yeah. Not He's not one of those. Nice. At many a times that were very fun at his house where we watched movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fucking awful, I understand. Yeah, this, the setup is... Uh, um, we watched Pirates of the Caribbean and talked nice. about how it related to the Bible. Oh, cool. Which actually was a pretty interesting... It helped me get, like... It helped with my critical thinking. I got a jar dirt. I got a jar dirt. I got a jar dirt. And guess what's inside it? <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. Uh, lyrics. So let's say I'm, I'm mid on it. I'm gonna go a six. I'd go a six and a half. Yeah. So that pulls us to a seven Come right on, now. Uh, reception. Uh, I think it's pretty mixed. Yeah, it's pretty mixed. And I think like, it's aged a lot better than it was originally received at the time. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that it's one of those albums where if you uh, listen to it now, it uh, it's it, it's it really speaks to how much music has not really evolved in the past thirty years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's kind of there like in in terms of indie rock, like uh, you can see where you know bands that we've covered that are more recent have mm-hmm. taken inspiration from bands like the killers and the strokes. And we, you know, we just talked yeah. about that. So I feel like now it's received a lot better because it was so original at the time yeah. and we can see that now, but it, it was also at the time so different than what was happening that people were like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know if it even was that, like, I think it's aged well because the singles have aged well. Um, and you know, it was received better now because the singles have become such classics, mm-hmm. but like, honestly, the album as a whole, it's like, I'm not that crazy about it. Like personally, I think as a whole, the album is, you know, it's the singles are the singles, but the mm-hmm. rest of the album is not as full flushed. Um, yeah, you know, I, so. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I obviously have a lot of nostalgia with it, mm-hmm. which I think, uh, uh, okay. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, this is what I'll say. Because uh, I had the deciding vote on between Samstown and mm-hmm. Hot Fuss, and I asked Siobhan for her opinion because I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, fucking, I don't know. And she was like, there's like three songs on Samstown that everybody, for the most part, knows, like mm-hmm. our age, right? Uh, but Hot Fuss is a perfect road trip album because if you put it in, people aren't upset about the songs that they don't know, but they know more songs on that album. So I, I would have to say 
I think that it's received better now for, for a lot of reasons, and one of them is because of the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's a good point. So re- reception, I think we got to go mid on it. Like, we'll yeah. have to go six and a half or seven because it has aged well. But I mean, even the reviews I picked out, like they're so vastly different. Some some publications are giving it nearly five stars. Yeah, other publications are meeting it halfway or below. Yeah. Um, I so. would I would probably say personally, I'd go with seven. Nice. Yeah, I'll go six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. So we're at six point uh, seven five right mm-hmm. now. So album art. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's nothing special. I think it's a cool uh it's not what I think about when I think of the killers. Mm-hmm. Um do you hear that vibrating? Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck is that, that your is. Phone? Nope. No, I think it's music. Oh, it's downstairs. Oh, okay. The the ba- okay, so the person that lives across the hall from me and the person that lives right below me. They're in a band called Family Dinner. Nice. Uh, they've been on CJSW and uh, why aren't they on the pod? Uh, I didn't I, know this. I could fucking have them on. They, yeah. They're, they're like very heavy music and they're very fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't uh, I I haven't seen them in a show yet because uh, their drummer lives in Montreal, so they only uh, do okay, shows. Okay, I remember you mentioned yeah. this to me. Yeah. Uh, and you met the other Aaron, the yeah, other Aaron that lives down below. So yeah, uh, Aaron Epp, shout out to Aaron. Nice. Um, uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, so they they uh, they have a band. It's been on CGSW. They actually were the number one song on CGSW. Uh, I think it was in like February. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So that'd be cool to have them on. Yeah, we we should fucking do that. Yeah, um, set that up. That'd be very easy because I could just be like, "Hey, come upstairs." Yeah. Yeah. You, you home? Yeah. You walk upstairs. Hey, you up? <laughs> so yeah, Al Mart. I'm gonna go six and a half. I don't even think it's their most recognizable. No, Al I'll meet you on a six and a half. I think we're at a six and a half right now. Yeah, because like Sam, Sam's Town, and uh, you know, even Day and Age, I re- were recognizable Killers albums to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. So we're at a six and a half right now. And does it hold up? I think so. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely. All right, six and a half out of ten. Yeah, that's a fucking good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a nice rating. We're getting better with this rating. We're we're getting a lot better with it. We're we're getting. Also, it helps that I've actually been learning instruments lately. Nice, like low key on the side. So I've been learning how difficult some things are. Well, Um, uh, fun fact: I'm buying a trumpet. Oh, hell yeah! I'm buying a trumpet so that I can learn Chuck Mangione's "Feel Good." It's the only song I want to learn on the trumpet. You toot your own horn about it. I will. Yeah. I'll toot my horn. I played trumpet in jazz band in high school. Did you actually? Yeah, and alto Saxon concert band. Yo, shit. We could fucking start a jam band. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. And Aaron can play the triangle. Yeah, can I manage? <laughs> 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 okay, well, that's Cheers, been another guys. episode of uh, Misfits on Vinyl. Uh, uh, next week, Spencer will be doing the reading. I will be, uh, yes, because uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing yet. No, we'll figure it out. Look, and we'll figure it out. We're always on top of it. Message us. Message us. Give us your recommendations. Yeah, and you're coming up. You're out in Victoria and Kelowna. I'm in Kelowna on the 27th of May and Victoria on June 3rd. I'm starting my tour coming up here as well. Uh, I'm in South Calgary for the foreseeable future. Nice. Um, so <laughs> That's a good on, place to be. Come on down. Come oh. see me crying at Cabin. Yeah. 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 Go, go, go throw eggs at Sam. Yeah. Drink supersonic. And, Drink and, supersonic. and tip the bartender. Yeah. Cause right, he's cool. a friend of the show. Cool. Yeah. All sure. right. Thanks. Well, thank you for listening and, uh, you know, contusions. contusions. You Whoa. bastard. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's misfitsonvinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.